Hi, this is uh, Ross Payton uh, here with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is uh, episode 13, the awesome, action-packed, alliterative adventure. Of course, with me here is uh, Tom. And I must say, Ross, I'm impressed. This is the, what, 12 shows we've done? 13. 13. I said episode 13. I wasn't listening to you. Well, thanks. Well, like, well, not entirely. <laughs> such but, uh, such But what I will say Rapport. is, my congratulations, it's the 13th time you've introduced the show in exactly the same voice. Yes, because uh, it's a habit. Now I can't stop. Um, anyways, we're going to be uh, we're doing a little different thing this episode. We sort of challenge each other to come up with something awesome and action-packed. And, and well, uh, we came up with some crap, but... Well, I think it's awesome. My part is awesome. I don't know about yours, so I'm I'm setting my standards lower so I don't embarrass myself later. <laughs> okay, I'm not uh, gonna be the one crying in the bathroom at night. That had nothing to do with gaming. Wait, uh, I mean that didn't. Uh, uh, moving on, uh, we had some a lot of feedback uh, on our last episode. Uh, one uh, viewer in particular had a very long uh, email talking about uh, sluggy freelance and. Um, Viking fighting. First, I'd like to address the Viking fighting. I did email uh, our fan back, Andrew, uh, I believe his name was. Um, I in no way endorse or condone Viking fighting. I have no idea. I honestly didn't really think it was 100% a real school of martial arts. I thought it was like... A joke website. Yeah, like real ultimate power, you know, ninjas flipping out. It's Viking fighting. And the guy talking in the interview that I linked to is talking about, you know, ripping the testicles off of people and getting your buddies to beat somebody up. That was his idea of a valid martial art yeah. is beating your, fr- you know, enemies up with your drunken soccer hooligan friends. Oh, the Beowulf method. <laughs> I guess. Um, no, Beowulf was, he was old school. He did it on his own. Naked. Yeah. Tr- true. True. Yeah. yeah that was, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Let's yeah. let's take a moment to get that out of our heads. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I I have no idea its validity. I don't care. I just thought the interview was funny. Hell, it was hilarious. Tactical warhammer fighting. That's that's beautiful. Anyways, um, next up, uh, of course, the other part was he was uh, uh, the same viewer or listener was a fan of sluggy freelance, um, which I gave an honest and uh, well-rounded critique. Um, <laughs> That some people might think is a little too critical or whatever because they're, you know, afraid of the truth because the truth well, hurts. I'm blessed in that I have no emotional involvement in that yeah. webcomic at all. To be honest, and I did honestly, to be fair, I don't think I criticize it that hard. To look at a hard, harsh criticism of a webcomic, you should look up one blog called Your Webcomic is Bad and You Should Feel Bad. That guy, uh, John Solomon, he fucking hates webcomics that are not. I mean, he just goes on for paragraph after paragraph spewing bile and hatred uh, in word form uh, about these really awful webcomics. And I would so much nicer than him. Well, he, I don't rest. actively wish the, the sluggy freelance guy death. Well, I understand. But anyway. But we, we have a special guest with us tonight, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, the person I mentioned, the sluggy freelance, on behalf of... Yeah. He's uh, he's here with us. You you will not, you will recognize wearing a black Spider Man t shirt with a Hawaiian shirt over it. Hawaiian, yeah, and his uh, corporate ID badge on his belt. Yes, corp soulless corporate person yep. that he is, and his neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's too big to be a goatee. You have to admit that. Anyways, yeah, you could you could speak. You are allowed to speak now. But, Come you, on but, but even though Go we down. can't. But anyway. 
He is here to Aaron. he yeah Aaron is it Aaron is a man Aaron Aaron is here to defend Sluggy Freelance yep and confront Ross on his critique I, which and, I, and I'll let him speak I'm not gonna just interrupt him so we will wait like, we will wait till his rebuttal is over yes so I'm going to get up and allow Aaron to take my place briefly you could just have him sit next to you and turn no I'm gonna go get a I'm gonna go get a drink and I wanna I wanna be comfortable while listening to this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here comes Aaron. All right, there, there's, they're, they're making the transfer. Tom's standing up. Aaron's walking over. Tom's walking over to the kitchen. All right, he's looking at me like I'm a dick. And uh, commentary over. Aaron, thank you for the blow by blow, Ross. Yes. Um, just giving into the response of uh, Ross's critique of a uh, sluggy freelance, a web comic which I've come to hold dear over the past year that I actually got to read it. Um, I wanted just to give my opinions of what I like of it particularly and then give Ross a chance to rebuttal to what I say. Um, When I initially came to it, yeah, I will admit the art form of it and what uh, Pete Abrams, the guy who draws it, wasn't really that great in the very beginning, but it's evolved over time. It's actually become a lot better. And also, one of the nice things is is that over time, if you had to put any filler in it, you saw that he actually do some really cool stuff and is actually a talented artist. Um, second of all, the storylines I thought were immensely interesting to what I've seen in the other webcomics that were like, um, really the only thing I can really draw from right now is probably uh, uh, Control-Alt-Delete, a couple... Uh, what's the other one? I'm sorry, I'm completely blanking on what it is. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm a bad person okay. for rec- not remembering that. That's fine. Um, that it uh, seemed to... He, Pete Abrams seemed to actually do storylines where it had some genuinely funny just bit comics that and character stories that slid into really serious ones and back without ever losing continuity between the characters. And... Uh, and like I said, and all the characters at least have progressed over time, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, Ross, I agree with you on a level, a little bit that characters like Bun Bun have not really progressed that much, or Kiki. But I think they are meant to be co- kind of static jokes within the within the universe of Sluggy Freelance. Um, other than that, I thought it was just it's an, actually an interesting project that I'm glad has gone on for as long as it has, and hopefully we'll do more. Uh, okay, That's, it's not by no means great. Uh, there are f- exceptional comics with high standards of art, like Minus, which I will be linking to, uh, Wonder Rella, or the abominable Charles Christopher, which I linked to in our last episode, are exquisitely drawn. And uh, so, again, uh, they're not as popular, but... Um, Granted, on those, if I could interrupt for a second, are uh, I'm not familiar with those myself, but are those uh, webcomics de- updated daily, or are they just like uh, like once a week? Uh, no, most... Um, I believe most of them are updated once a week or once every few days. Okay, because at least I, that's you're right that where if some uh, web comics have extremely good standards of how they do their art, um, but yet also have to bring into the fact that Sluggy Freelance is a wet as a weekly web comic. So usually, like I said, that you'd have to put a strain on somebody who's just trying to crank it out along with the storyline each every day, right? Week. But also, um, but that's a choice by the artist, and I think uh, whether he updates daily, three times a week, or a week, I think, you know, that's the artist's choice. And if he's sacrificing, I, I would rather have quality over quantity. 
Um, also, the thing is, Sluggy Freelance has been going over for 10 years now. I mean, there are Russian novelists who have uh, uh, less voluminous bodies of work than uh, 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 Pete Abrams. That's his name, right? Uh, yeah. Sluggy Freelance. I mean, you know, uh, Van Gogh painted for 10 years. Then he killed himself. And look at what he did in those 10 years. I mean, you have Bun Bun going, he, yeah, he's a static gag, a, a, a reoccurring joke that's been going on for 10 years. I think most of my problems have to do with the fact that it's going on for this long. I mean, Marvel and DC, like I mentioned last time, they have these, you know, all this incredible baggage and continuity and stuff, and they occasionally wipe the slate clean. And uh, it, it's just, I can't, uh, I, I, I'm just sort of going over the points, I think, that I did last time. But, I mean, I appreciate it. But if you if you look at these works with at some distance, not as a fan, but just as, a, you know, a more critical I towards these comics, you realize that there are better works out there. There are better strips. There are better storylines, in all measures, uh, uh, than Sluggy. And um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I get, I got tired of the same seeing the same thing after two after what read following it for two years. I got tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. So uh, well, I like seeing new stuff in my comics. Honestly, I think well, there's a lot of new stuff that usually comes out because there are multiple storylines that kind of intersect with each other in the whole story. Right. You, you have things that are repeating like uh, the Kiss Key stuff with the demons. Um, the, sure. It's like well, the vampire I mean, we, such an off. Right. But he does put in new stuff that kind of well, I would uh, yeah, use like a lesser phrase, turns it on his ass, like uh, the Cassandra's House storyline, which I never saw expecting, and Ocean's Unmoving, I right. never well, saw that coming. Unless, um, again, I haven't been following it, so I can't be following it. But uh, we could go on and on about this all day. Uh, you, you have defended the honor of Sluggy for the Sluggy people, so good for you for you know fighting the good fight. But um, I'll just let the, the listeners out there determine you know what they think uh, is a valid or you know a, 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 what what is a good webcomic? The Abominable Charge Christopher, last thing, got nominated for an Eisner, which is the highest award uh, that any comic can get for best digital comic uh, a few days ago. So, um, anyways, we need to be moving on. So, uh, thank you for coming in, oh, and Tom, uh, you can come on down. There we go. Now Back we're having the uh, the transfer. Sort of moving around. Tom has his diet vault, vault zero, I'm sorry, which is totally extreme, and Aaron knocked over his notebook, Tom's notebook, so uh, Tom looks so happy. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the Goblin Broadcast Network for host- for uh, uh, putting us on our, uh, their network and the traffic that they bring. They're great. Uh, if you want to check out really great RPG podcasts, go to the Goblin Broadcast Network. How are you doing there, Tom? I think you and Aaron are both assholes. <laughs> there. All right. I shook things up. Yeah, you're 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 totally you're I'm edgy. you're calling it like it is, aren't you, Tom? I, I keep it real. You should be on cable news, you know, talking oh, yeah. of a- being angry and ranting at things. That's why my hero is Henry Rollins. There, yeah, you could be the Henry Rollins of cable TV of gaming. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, totally there. Yeah, now you just need to be a you know heavy metal musician and he's a rock musician. Get some tattoos. Yeah, needles scare me. <laughs> we'll work on it. All right. Um... The music this uh, episode was uh, brought by Joe Hero, uh, The Secret, uh, Just What Bruce Campbell Did. It's a good song. I like it. So you hear a little bit of that. You'll hear the rest of it at the end of the episode. Um, cut one or two last things to mention. Uh, we mentioned uh, Dungeon Crawl as a shout-out in a previous episode. I finally beat it after probably five, six months of playing. 
Um, yes. Uh, I got I escaped with the orb of Zot with a Mountain Dwarf Fighter, which is about the easiest class and race combo to beat it with. Um, and uh, it is a ridiculously hard game. It is sadistic, and it's only going to get. Uh, there's a new version coming out in a couple months with vampires and uh, as a playable race and all kinds of neat stuff. It's a fun game. Well, hoopty damn. So, so if you have any problem with it, play a Mountain Dwarf Fighter or a Deep Elf Fire Elementalist because Sticky Fire equals Napalm. That's a spell. That but just have. so you know, you beat that game, you escape with the Orbizot, you will get laid. <laughs> Isn't that laid right, like Mothra's egg. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, man, the orgies I've had. Anyways, um, <laughs> hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, she knows. Yes, anyways. Um, so let's bring... Uh, the uh, actual to- topic of yeah, the, the topic. Yeah, the topic of the show up. Yeah, 13 minutes in. Imagine that. Um, we're, we're awesome at this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just great. Um, what we did is uh, each of us came up with a list of seven topics, seven themes, ideas, whatever you want to call them, uh, and we gave them to each other, and then... We had to take this, you know, the other person's list of seven things and make something game-related out a of it. A campaign, yeah. an idea, a setting, something. Yeah. And um, so I came up with uh, seven items, and Tom came up. And, Tom, do you want uh, to do yours first, or do you want me to do mine first? Uh, you do yours first. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, Shall I list the seven things I gave you? Yes. Yes. I told him his his should include the D20 system. Right. It should include an espionage, a nuclear threat of some kind. I was not specific, but a nuclear threat. Okay. The Ural Mountains in Russia. Right. Sentient dinosaurs. Right. And it was a multi-ethnic Merc team. Yeah. You, uh, didn't you have a Nazi warlord in there? I think you gave me Nazi Warlord. Because I put a Nazi yeah, yeah, Warlord. Actually, yeah, actually, that's right. I did. Yeah. Nazi and that, no, that, yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah. Because um, I, I would be like, where did I come up with Nazi Warlord if uh, not for Tom? All right. Anyway, so uh, given the D20 system, I wasn't going to make an entire new game. Um, but uh, I decided to make a campaign setting. You know, sort of Oh, now I remember. I did change one of them. Because I yeah. remember the, the last one was Unusual Sunspot Activity. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Um, what would you do? What were you imagining? Did you have any... Well, okay, some of them I made too easy Yeah. The, for me. So I would imagine, especially espionage, a nuclear threat, and the Ural Mountains. That, you could put those three together. Any idiot yeah. with any knowledge of the Cold War could have put those shit, that shit yeah. together. The multi-ethnic Merc team is really just my thing of started in Aliens and now every action game and movie has to do. That's true. I was uh, playing Rainbow Six uh, Vegas. Uh, there's a white Southern guy, uh, a black British guy, and Asian with a mid-Atlantic no accent. So I and I've been playing Call from. of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. There's the British SAS team. There's the American Marines with the black guy. There's a Russian team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's there. It's You have to do it almost by law. Yeah. Um or at least uh, that's... But as for the D- the D20 system, you know, you could use any anything. However, sentient dinosaurs, I thought, was something that would could throw you for a loop. And the unusual sunspot activity, to me, that just that seemed too wonderfully perfect. Yeah, I, I sort of latched on to that. Um, that's a good uh, thing. Because I, I heard unusual sunspot activity, and I came up with psionic entity living inside the sun that wants to exterminate the human race. 
Simpsons did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, I haven't seen all the episodes, but um, that's sort of where I left off on. Um, so basically, it's a D20 campaign taking place in a vast Soviet complex of research laboratories and military bases under the Ural Mountains, you know. Right. Um, basically, uh, the, the way it starts, the sun is alive and it has a conscious mind and it wants to kill us. The death throes of Atlantis created a psionic entity inside the heart of... So- Inside the heart of Seoul, many thousands of years, millions of years ago, this entity is now symbi- uh, symbiotically connected to the sun. It gazes down upon us and knows only hate. Hatred for our pollution of the ele- electromagnetic spectrum, for our constant littering of the solar system, and most importantly, for the freedom to mo- we have to move about, breed, and to actually die. It hates us. It is Omega, and it is the end of days. So that's nice. the, yeah, that's the hook. Um, basically, the backstory is that a team of Nazi scientists first discovered Omega uh, in World War II after extensive experimentation with salvaged Atlantean super technology. Uh, that's a reoccurring theme because again, mm-hmm. I, you you said espionage, and I heard Atlantis super tech. So, well, uh, that's a common practice among people like you. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Atlantean technology and the alien science known as magic. Hitler ignored them. Uh, however, Otto Skorzeny, the uh, I know, I yeah, know the guy. Nazi super commando, uh, did not. He decided that the Third Reich was less important than humanity, and uh, along with a select cadre of researchers and mercenaries, built an organization to stop Omega. Uh, they infiltrated the Nazi regime and stole as much Atlantean super tech as they could. Um, and they realized they couldn't kill Omega, but they could destroy its mind, basically lobotomize it. They, that's their plan, and so. Uh, Otto Scorzini faked his own death and used uh, Atlantean super technology to become immortal. And he became an immortal Nazi warlord uh, to fund his organization uh, dedicated to stopping uh, Omega. And, you know, they they hauled off as much super uh, technology after, you know, World War II ended as they could, mm. but the Allies and the Soviets took most of it. And um, so they, you know, the organization, Otto's organization, you know, infiltrated his both sides in order to figure out what they know because they needed as much Atlantean super tech to really stop Omega as they could. Now, after the fall of the USSR, the organization swept through looking for pieces of Atlantean super tech. Sadly, most of it had been dismantled for reverse engineering or was destroyed by one side or the other during the Cold War. Um, one month ago, the sun began to flare up. Most of the world saw it merely as an unusual sunspot activity yeah but the organization here's they knew better uh omega was stirring soon to act one massive solar flare affected earth omega was trying to reconnect with the ancient atlantean energies it felt when it was created this in turn triggered a reaction from the world's last cachet of atlantean super technology deep in the ural mountains soviet researchers knew that atlantis had seen uh pangea and elements of it still remain buried in the heart of the Ural Mountains. I actually looked this up on Wikipedia, and so that and must, if it's on Wikipedia, yeah. it must be true. Um, so yeah, the Ural Mountains was formed something having to do with Pangaea. That's okay. I saw I saw the Pangaea in the word. That's basically the extent of my research. Um, anyways, they built a massive science city to conduct all of their Atlantean research and excavated many relics from deep tunneling inside this mountain. However, one disastrous experiment in the 1980s cut off the entire base. No survivors escaped. The Kremlin locked the doors, afraid to find out what happened. This uh, massive loss of technology and brain power and manpower eventually triggered the uh, collapse of the Soviet Union, or helped to, so it contributed 
In truth, the Soviet research had found thousands of dinosaurs frozen in stasis chambers. Uh-huh. When they awoke, the dinosaurs simply activated previously undetected Atlantean defense systems and proceeded to exterminate the impudent human intruders. Millions of years ago, the Atlanteans wiped themselves out due to genetically engineered superviruses, except for a small group of scientists in isolated shelters. They transferred their minds to the only possible vessel that could contain them, the indigenous dominant life form, dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. So they knew that they could, they would, uh, eventually a more suitable species would evolve, one that they could use as a new template for their own uh, uh, species. Unfortunately, a lone Atlantean scientist saw this and decided that his own people did not deserve to live. He would create an ultimate entity programmed to do exterminate the Atlanteans whenever they arose again. Obviously, this was mm. created Omega. So Omega stirring because of the Atl- use of Atlantean super technology, and the Atlantean super technology has been triggered because of now that the sapient dinosaur Atlanteans have spent twenty years trying to engineer human Atlantean hybrids so they can transfer their minds in and get rid of their clumsy animal bodies. Omega has detected them and launched the first attack. The solar flare caused a leak in the surface monitor robot's nuclear core near the surface of the Ural Mountains. <laughs> the Russian government and NATO and Detected the nuclear leak, Scorzini uh, is sending in a multi-ethnic mercenary team to investigate the leak and uncover the secret beneath the Ural Mountains. So that's the the basic campaign. And I imagine this as sort of like a massive, you know, you start at the top of the Ural Mountains and work your way all the way to the bottom, getting weirder and weirder and weirder as you find more and more elements of discarded Atlantean super technology, uh, dinosaur hybrids, some of which have gone mad due to the, you know, uh, going from switching to new bodies and millions of years in stasis chambers to the Atlantean human hybrids to all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, wild and crazy stuff. And all the way, you know, finding little trace elements like, pot, you know, some Soviet researchers and scientists and other stragglers have, humans have worked their way in the compound over the years. It's sort of like, you know, at the top is like nothing. Then there's this whole weird ecosystem. So kind Prussian, of like, and Prussian farmers. Hell yeah. <laughs> that are mutants, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mutant Prussian so farmers. It'd be kind of like a modern day dungeon crawl, uh, pulp action, you know, Indiana Jones meets sci fi super tech kind of jazz and stuff. With every nation on Earth represented. Yeah, because it's multi ethnic. Multi ethnic. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my idea, and I would call it Shine Down. Shine Down on Me, Omega. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So what do you think? Well,. I expected weirdness from you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much? Not enough weirdness? No, I, th- I, no, I think the weirdness actually fits quite well. Okay. I think because most of the stuff I chose was not weird, yeah. just a few that were weird. So I, you know, the, le- the, the level of weirdness is is correct where it needs to be. Now, if I gave you almost all weird shit and like one thing, like stock yeah. market or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be kind of so, hard to connect the dots. Yeah, so I think I think the weird would have been a lot worse there, but here I think the weird works just fine. Okay. For the combination of stuff, and this is a dungeon crawl. I'd want to have my power armor wearing super agent go into. <laughs> That's true. The uh, uh, the Auto Scorsese's organization does have super technology, so you could be you know Iron Man or whatever. Uh, so you could be running actually in Mutants and Masterminds, not necessarily exactly. D twenty modern. Uh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Awesome. So, um, what would you change about it? Would you change anything? Would you? How would you? Actually, want- I would. I would have actually changed one of the things I gave right. you. I would have changed the Ural Mountains to some other mountain range. Okay. Any reason? I think, 
Just because I think espionage, nuclear threat, and Ural Mountains. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, Soviet Cold Soviet, War. Soviet, yeah. yeah. And I, re- I was just thinking of a m- mountain range that wasn't the Rockies or the... And uh, Ural Mountains just happened to come to my mind. If I had to think, I would have thought the Andes... Or you know the uh, you know some other just some other mountain range in the yeah, if I'd done the Andes I probably would have tied it to like a Mayan or some other civilization yeah. or Colombian drug cartels well maybe maybe um, with the existing thing uh, how would you want to see it uh, played out I mean like um, would you I'd like to have all kinds of freaking options of things that could happen to the players okay that would totally change you know okay the play like you know like make the technology you know have technology where they can pick up the equivalent of a Yithian lightning gun. Okay. And carry yeah. it around with them. Or you like the Yithian lightning guns. I have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with them. Yeah, they gave you cancer, didn't they? Yeah, but I killed I killed two flying polyps with it. That's true. That's a uh, good... Uh, and I, I regained a whole bunch of sanity because of that. <laughs> but uh, I died because of radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Uh, but I died a sane man. <laughs> we've, lost, we've lost Aaron over there. That's uh that that's a uh, uh that's actually an accomplishment in Call of Cthulhu, dying sane. Yeah, so, horribly but sane. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Or or you know like uh, one of like one of the sentient dinosaurs tries to do what's mind switch with the player and succeeds, and now you suddenly now have to fight in the kind of clumsy body of some animal. Ooh, some yeah, dinosaur. mind transferring. Um, yeah, I, I tried to go for a different route than the obvious genetically engineered animals. Or that alien, are dinosaur yeah. like aliens or something. Yeah, I wanted to do something, you know, that would be a little yeah, different than the standard. Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, if you'd done the aliens, I would have said that's not to me. I've read Leonard Nimoy's Primordial's comic. Okay. Which is, that's exactly what it's about. I see. I, I haven't, but okay. you're a big fan of the dinosaurs. And when I was younger, I watched Dinosaurs in the 80s. Was that the one where they had bo- armor and little missiles that could shoot? I uh, no, that was Dino Riders. <laughs> Silly me! I mean, missing. Well, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't bragging on you because you didn't know. <laughs> no, I just the Dino Saucers and Dino Riders. I mean, geez, how the hell could I mix something up like that? I mean, wow! I didn't even I'm, know not, that there were two. I thought there was just. I'm the not one. judging you, Ross. All right, Tom. Uh, now I gave you a slightly different set. Uh, yes, yes, you did. And I, I tried to be a little challenging, and uh, I don't you know. You succeeded in that, you son of a bitch. All right, do you want to uh, read them off? So. Yes. Okay. The seven you gave me were westerns, the genre, the genre of westerns, the yakuza, yeah, Japanese mafia, pacifism, <laughs> the philosophy, <laughs> metal music, yeah, heavy metal, you know, any yeah, type of metal, heavy that, metal music, yeah. yeah, societal changes, societal uh, change mechanic, yeah, game mechanics, like some game mechanics, so the players can actually change society for the better or for the worse. Yeah, I've actually seen an RPG that does that. Okay, okay, and tabloid journalism, yeah. And collaborative scenario design. Yeah. That was actually the easiest thing to throw in. Really? And by that, I mean, of course, that the players have some input in the creation of the scenario. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. And uh, well, other than that, I was... Well, so, okay. So, the system I decided to use, since you weren't specific on a system, I decided to go with my mutants and masterminds. It's the All system right. I know the best. I came up with I came up with a scenario. Okay. So, here, my, say, my scenario is... A heavy metal band. All right. Call you know, you know not obviously I've, I kind of modeled it off Death Clock, but not actually Death Clock. But like a really big <laughs> heavy metal band. Okay. Is on tour in Tokyo. Okay. However, their music is causing severe disruptions in in Japanese society. Businessmen are no longer getting up to go to their jobs. 
They're dressing in spikes and leather. It says beating their children and drinking beer. <laughs> well, they already do that, Tom. I mean, but when they're supposed to work. Oh, that's they're, that. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like they're, they're no longer taking their shoes off. They're putting on boots with chains and walking around their houses. Oh, snap. All right. All and the right. trains are not running on time. Oh. All kinds of shit is going is happening. Okay, and they're realizing that this music is being affected, either known or unknown, by the band by a supernatural entity from feudal Japan who wants to <laughs> like says who wants to, who was thwarted during the divine wind. Okay, that that thwarted the invasion of the, of Japan. So it's a Mongol spirit or is it a, a samurai spirit? It's a Mongol spirit. Okay, the Mongols are oh snap! It's a Mongol okay. spirit. Okay, all right, I'm so digging it. I'm that digging through it. this music wants to finally achieve its goal of destroying Japan from you, within. You should you know what you call the band then the Horde. Ugh, yeah. Good. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So the horde is tearing shit up with their music. All right. So they realize. Like, so America, going through a massive recession, realizes they need Japan to be a strong economy. All right. And they figure the only way they can counter this threat is to send music that is the opposite of metal. Okay. Okay. And that is Western music, country Western music. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. So they said. So they send the biggest, the most famous country band. Okay. To Japan. All right. The Texas Cowboys. Says, However, they are not. They are not supernatural. They are not supernaturally powered. So. Right. So, a a shaman, a Indian shaman, <laughs> summons up a spirit from the old west. Okay. To empower their music, their country music, as they okay. go as they go in to face off with this metal heavy metal band. All right, all right, I'm digging it. And so, like and so and so, both bands pl- start playing against each other. Battle of the bands, I love it. I love it. All right, all right. And Japanese society could go either way. Okay, depending on who's on who's currently in control, who's like whose mojo is powering the music. Oh, uh, okay. So the players are the band themselves, or are they helping the band? They're helping. It's like okay, the, the so players like are re- helping the country band. Okay, okay. It's like, or they could, of course, decide fuck this and go over to the metal band and, <laughs> okay. serve, and serve the serve the horde. Okay, so they get to choose. All right, all right. And so, and so the players, like, so players must do that. And the, and then I, I, I create a system to showing exactly how, like, which which like which one is currently in control, okay. depending on which one's in control. Side change. All right. Like depending on which one's in control, like you know, society could be starting to function again or right back to utter chaos. Okay, okay, okay. It says, however, the te- like our American tabloid journalists are yeah. going nuts over this. I would imagine. And so they send they send their they send their best tabloid journalist in, who happens to be a minor demon with the power of invisibility and suggestion to get the story. Okay. <laughs> and his presence there starts fucking things up. Okay. Be- you know, because suddenly there's now a third, there's now a third thing okay. that's pulling on this. So now, and then sometimes Japanese society starts becoming really intrusive on other people's business, nosy, and making and making up shit that's not true. Okay, <laughs> this is all once again causing the things to be torn apart. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. You got. I think you got everything except pacifism so far. So and pacif- and pacifism. Oh, and collaborative scenario. All right. Well, collaborative scenario design is really that's just going to be who the players decide to go with. I see. So they get to choose who the good guys and who the bad guys exactly. are. Exactly. I see. So what about pacifism? How's that working? Pacifism and pacifism is it's a rule that no one can actually be killed. Ah, players can't just because, kill them because you know they will actually either be arrested, right, or or mauled to death by by hordes of angry Japanese metal I see. people. 
Okay, so it's a it's a legitimate battle of bands, not a ah, yes. we're just gonna roll initiative, bitches. <laughs> Fuck the music. All right, because this is a battle for this is a battle for, for the soul for the of soul Japan. of Japan, not the population. Okay, the population will go to whoever wins. <laughs> wow, uh, I have to admit that is something I did not expect at all. I was uh, that I uh... pacifism was the hardest thing to throw in there. Honestly, <laughs> I know. I figured because violence is pretty much the de facto conflict resolution method mm-hmm. in an RPG. So it's like, you know what? What would be a real challenge in anything? Make it a pacifist. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I can I thought I I thought if I did western music instead that I, I, I that's a little bit. I mean, I said I said the the western, you know, movie stories are, but I'll accept that. I think that's that's a legitimate cuz you can it, make them like, cowboys, you know, you can and make also, them a cowboy. And also band. and also it was like a kind of a cowboy spirit from the old west yeah. that the Indians empowered them with. And besides, it's kind of a showdown in High Noon, you know, uh, a shootout at the OK Corral when you have the ultimate battle of the band. Except you know? it's in the middle of Shinjuku, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh where I've been. Um yeah. For those playing the home game, Ross has been to Japan. <laughs> Praise him. Yes. Whoopity-doo. Anyways, uh, I love I love the basic premise. Um, do you want to know what I, 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 I would have done if I was given... Do tell. All right. I was actually going to make a whole new game, a new RPG. Basically, the idea would be set on some Western that never was, a samurai Western era, or sort of a... a, a post-World War II Japan or some sort of Western area where the Yakuza are hanging out. Could be in America, could be in Japan. I, it doesn't matter. The idea is the Yakuza control everything, make society corrupt, and that the players either have to uh, they have to change society for the better to get rid of the corrupting influence of the Yakuza, but the Yakuza have a monopoly on violence. They can't use violence against them. So they swear to be pacifists and change it peacefully to show that the, mm. there's a better way. And the way they do that is either through a the the, the power of the press, tabloid journalism, expo- you know, uh, muckraking and all that j- jazz, or b through the power of metal music and make everything <laughs> brutal and extreme and uh, brutal. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that that's what I would have done basically, and then have a couple of game mechanics for class. That would have been the basic idea. But I I love this idea of a. Uh, 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 these uh, uh, the whore the Mongol whores uh, uh, deciding to rank, get vengeance through heavy metal music That's with, a, with, a, with a yakuza sponsored concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's the yakuza's angle in it? Why are they wanting to bring about the downfall of society? Or are they're they not. just they're, they're they, they, they just wanted to bring in a hot American band. To, I see. So the band it's the horde is uh, American. Yeah, that and I I thought about doing stuff that also there's like, they also did as an excuse to bring all kinds of people together so they could secretly. Start trading and drugs right. and I whatnot, see. but that kind of eventually just took. As long as I said a yakuza sponsored concert, right. everything else could take a backseat to the war, chaos and supernatural shit going on. True, true. I think uh, I think you got the basic idea down, and I'm. <laughs> uh, uh, I, how long would you imagine this scenario to be? It'd be like uh, 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 well, I I just figure like a. Two or three session game. Two or three session game. A little yeah, like a, a getting not a full campaign. It's like an arrival, an, an arrival there, and getting acclimated to Japan, especially if they're not from there. Right. And then the it's like and finally you know getting close, trying to get close to the you know to the band, which is rapidly becoming a sea of shit. Right. And then finally, then well, and then deciding who they're going to support, who they're going to go with. Yeah, you should. One of the things that would make this really great is like setting up tables or something to show the changes to Japanese society, depending on which 
guy is in can, which band is influencing them the most you know the more metal it becomes the more likely they're to be attacked by street thugs in the street or that there will be you know uh, uh more riot zone. yeah yeah but on the other hand the cowboys take you know influence that you know people start wearing cowboy 10 gallon hats uh rattlesnakes start appearing in the streets for some tumbleweeds reason. yeah tumbleweeds yeah and old time de- piano music and if the demon starts if the demon tabloid journalist takes over just just random weird shit. Yeah. Start, you like, yeah. You're like it starts to rain frogs or something. And there you go. Uh, people start believing in the Indian uh, uh, gods, you know, like the fox or something like that. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So, oh, yeah. uh, uh, that's a good effort. I like this. <laughs> I think it is awesome and action packed. Um, yes. 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 So, uh, we'll be back. Uh, Tom, you do not have a I, le- I regrettably do not have a letter. I do have a valid reason this time, not because we're giving a tribute to Gary Gygax, and I didn't want to say tit balls in front of him. Right. No, or his it's, spirit. Yeah, to his spirit, because he is watching us right now. Pretty much. But, no, unfortunately, my heart, computer hard drive is dying, and I can't access anything on it right now. And you call yourself a geek. You let your computer... That happened. Yeah. Yeah, I let it happen, Ross. Okay. Everything I touch dies. Uh, okay. I just touched your laptop. It's a Mac. It, it can it can survive worse. Oh, than it, it. oh it has a curse protection. Yeah, very okay, much. Cool. Apple can. Woo. Uh, so we'll be back in a second uh, with the anecdotes and shoutouts. Word. Excuse me, Captain. How can I get aboard the Sinister Adventures and travel the race coast with you salty dogs? Why, this is the finest pirate ship ever to slice the briny blue. You can't join our crew without the password. Is it Dark Whispers? No, it isn't yet, Jellified Monkey Meats. Dark Whispers is our official podcast, and you can hear it on site at SinisterAdventures.com. Did you just call me a Jellified Monkey Meats? Oh, Sinister Adventures is sailing your way. Not high prices to pay. Buy their fun booty and buy it today. Or fueled by a loneliness and desperation only a sailor can truly know. We'll do brutal things to your farm pigs not imagined on land or sea. And we're back. Um, so now, of course, we have our shout-outs and anecdotes. And, uh, we do indeed. Yes. Uh, I've got four, actually, this uh, Yeah, you're week. smoking. Huh? Yes. Well, um, there's only one that I've, I've encountered recently, which is uh, this actually the, a New Yorker article, which is just has nothing to do with gaming, but I found it really, really well-written and just really fascinating. It's called The Secret Life of Elevators, and it's about elevators, and more than you ever wanted to know about elevators. It talks first about this one guy who got stuck in an elevator for 41 hours, and there's a security camera in the elevator. The security guards didn't notice. I mean, there's time-lapse video of it on the side of this guy just sort of bouncing off the walls, you know, uh, trying to get out, and... Basically, uh, uh, you know, doing everything, thinking he's going to die of thirst or something because he's stuck in this elevator. The lights are never off. And um, then it talks about the industry and everything else about it. But the way it's written, it's just really fascinating. It makes you think about all the small things in life that you never pay attention to. And, you know, these... You know, there's like one company that does like 80% of the elevators in this country, Otis. Mm -hmm. So, like, every time you're in an elevator, it's pretty much an Otis elevator. And... um, I don't know. It's just a really good read. I mean, it's just fascinating stuff, and uh, I think uh, everyone should read it. It's just good writing. Okay. I mean, you don't see it. So um, there you go. 
Word. A good right. writer can Nicely make done. even a, a mundane subject like elevators really exciting. Um, do you want to do one of yours next, and then we? Yeah, I just like to do one to an old video game I All just right. recently rediscovered: F twenty two Raptor. Oh yeah, kind yeah. of a flight simulator from like two thousand, two thousand something like that, early two thousand. Yeah, and it's really a pretty a generic you know fighter sim you know take out. You know, you know, there's like six hundred thousand key, you know, keys you have to memorize for. That's piloting. a typical flight simulator for you. Yeah, but the one thing that made this stand out in my mind, yeah, is you know, of course, you can choose your weapons. You can actually choose to load yourself with a tactical nuclear bomb, <laughs> and that alone, a bomb or a missile, or I guess it doesn't matter. It's a parachute drop bomb. I see. And I have to say, since you can set up your own missions and you can fly over major some major world cities, like well, mostly like, you know. Baghdad and obviously, obviously, mostly Middle Eastern cities. That are, you know, but the fact that you can fly overhead and just drop a nuclear bomb at will anywhere, I I was like a game I, developers. You need to be listening to this. I swear to God, that's all I need right there. It's not graphics. It's not gameplay. It's dropping nuclear weapons on cities, or or, or you know, just or when I make my airstrike target like a tank. Yeah, and I used the nuclear bomb to take the tank. A out. little overkill, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> it was the Hulk. The Hulk was in there. I'm, I'm telling you, guys. Well, it was Robert. It was Bruce. It was Bruce Banner in the in the tank. Yeah. I had to get him before he became the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. Um, my next one is actually for a, a webcomic. Actually, the rest of mine are going to be webcomics. Um, this one, the first one, is called Darken. It's a fantasy one, sort of set in a D and D world. Uh, but it follows the, the 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 adventurers are all bad guys. Uh, one of them is like a, a dark elf who um, isn't like actively evil, but he's selfish and he's willing to betray people to not die. Um, so the average player. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then there's a sociopathic guy who's the disciple of uh, some demon lord, and he's willing to kill anything that gets in his way of becoming the true acolyte of this demon lord. So again, typical right. player character. And all the other player characters are like, yeah, backstabbing, treacherous, and mm. just uh, a self-centered jerk. So typical player characters. And um, Use that for reference. Yeah. Uh, the art's good. The story's interesting. Um, and it's... I don't know, it's an enjoyable serial. Uh, and it's so um, I would it's uh, updates pretty frequently, a couple times a week. Um, so yeah, there's that. Right. Uh, next I have Minus, which is a really great fantasy webcomic about this little girl who basically she's omnipotent. She can do whatever she wants and but she this little girl and uh, she does very weird things. It's very humorous and very whimsical and sometimes terrifying. One comic, uh, a balloon vendor won't give her a balloon, so she turns him into a balloon, and then he pops. Oh. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) Uh, Oh, sorry. Bastard. Yeah. Uh, Give the girl her balloon, damn it. Yeah, exactly. And last one is Wonderella, which is a superhero comic. You would like it. Um, It's about basically this Wonder Woman knockoff, Wonderella, who is uh, not not a very good superhero. uh, It's just anything like Stripperella? No. No, okay. she doesn't take her top off, but she uh, she's not very good at superheroing. She's selfish, does apathetic, doesn't pay attention to things that she should, and uh, yeah, something of a bimbo. Well, not really. Just kind of like she's basically kind of like a player character. She oh dear, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a gaming comic. It's just a superhero parody. But she has the attitude of the typical player character: self centered, violent, short attention span. I see. That, that's about right. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Anyway, so those are my uh, uh, remaining shout outs. Uh, Tom, you had a. Yeah, I do. I have one more. Well, I've been playing Oblivion. It's not Oblivion, you know, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. Yeah. I... And uh, that's not my shout out, but it's a kick ass game. Yeah. But no, my shout outs are to some mods I have downloaded. Right. Uh, two in particular that have that have really blown me away. One is uh, a set of armor someone added that looks like a red pyramid from a uh, Silent Hill Two. Yeah, pyramid head. Yeah, it's a uh, the it's a full set of armor, which you know the the boots, the skin wrap, then the skin apron, right, and the helmet. It the guy made it look dead on, right, and it's. I mean, it's that's just and he also you have you, he has, has the great knife as a weapon so the sword bigger the rusty sword bigger than you he drags along the ground yeah that is it's that blew me away that he you know, did that I'm very impressed by that but the one I'm most impressed with is one it's one for lichcraft okay which actually has a whole like adds a whole new thing to where you can become a lich okay and done extremely well you know I've I've seen some mods where uh you know it's like like there's a polymorph your polymorph self mod out there that is really broken right now. Okay. You know it. You uh, say so you can become any of the monsters or animals in the game, but you do in the game, free locks up and freezes. That's not good. No, I mean it's me still working on it. I'm, looks really cool when you get some, but this one seamlessly you can it, it turns you into like a undead skeleton with a black hood and robe. Okay. And a uh, sight and a, like a soul stealing sight. <laughs> and uh, it. And of course, you know, it has its drawbacks. I mean, it makes you powerful, but no one, like, people will attack you on sight because right. you're an evil undead monster. Oh, Yeah, except in members of the Dark Brotherhood in the game. Okay. They, uh, they, they still dig you. Dark Brotherhood. I'm guessing that's like a group of... Uh, Assassins. I was going to say pacifists who protect puppies and kittens from bad things, but all right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But no, like, kudos <laughs> to the guy that designed that. Okay. Really. Way to go, a random guy. Who I... Totally, if I had really prepared for this, I would have remembered your name. Feel free, if you listen to this, to email us your identity. I will thank you in person. Or I could just look it up and post it in the text summary of the thing. <sighs> yeah, or Ross could be logical. Yeah. <laughs> in, an, right. in, in an illogical world, Ross yeah. will be logical. I am the single bastion of logic. We're all screwed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, no joke. Anyways, we got an anecdote left. Yeah, actually, one of mine. All right. And... We were going to record this on Sunday, but I couldn't because I had to run a very long game. How many hours was it? Oh, shit. We got we got together about six, I want to say. And you called me at 1.30 saying you couldn't make it. So I thought you were starting at 1.30. Well, every, we all assembled. I see. Finally. Like, people showed up. Like, the first person showed up at when I called you. I see. But anyway, like, shut your mouth. Who's telling the story? I mean, <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I'm but a, the, I'm ga- a, the game I'm went on till midnight. Okay, six hours. That's pretty good. Well, yes, I mean, for us, pretty that's a pretty decent game. But yeah, mut- no, it's yeah, a, mutants and masterminds, of course. My, yeah, and we are running a game where all the players are college students. Okay, mostly you know, you know freshmen in uh, Georgetown University. All right. decided who have superpowers and who have always believed that they were the only ones that had them. Okay. So suddenly they're all thrown together into this into this you know college dorm house, and first it's it's funny because there's also we do a lot of role playing of having people with superpowers living in close proximity in a dorm. Sure, I mean that's basically the X Men if you think about it. I mean, it, yeah. all in say teenagers with superpowers in a mansion, you know. Well, this is George a shitty dorm in Georgetown University. Same difference, 
But and of course the laundry room is like but, the danger but, room. But you know they've never encountered a supervillain in their lives. Yeah, most of them have had pretty soft American suburban lives, and suddenly supervillains start appearing. And they're the only ones who can take them down, and most of them have never thrown a punch in their life. So what do these kids do with superpowers without... Well, you would probably imagine a bunch of, you know, adolescent teenagers... So how do they avoid getting detected before they, you know... Uh, uh, sheer, uh, well, sheer luck for the most part. I see. Okay, well, anyways, what's the... But, anyway, uh, but the anecdote from this game yeah. is last night... Before the actual major action started, they just decided, the players decided they wanted sodas. Okay. So they popped down to a uh, convenience store next to the campus owned by a Korean guy. Yeah. And the Korean guy, this was just, I thought, like, okay, uh, uh, well, convenience store, like, all right, the, I, I don't want to do it. I can't do a very good Indian accent. You know, I can't do Apu. So I just, like, okay. Thank you. Come again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's really the only line I could do. Okay. So I decided, all right, I'll do it, make him a Korean guy. And for that, I just really, I used the Japanese car- uh, arms dealer voice from uh, Vampire Bloodlines. Okay. Which was the, it's like, it's, you know, it's, so, you know, they show it, says, he says, welcome to my store. How may I help you? <laughs> so it was, you know, and for some reason, they latched on to this guy talking. They started having, they had a conversation with him that lasted 30 minutes. <laughs> Of actual time, thirty minute. They spent thirty minutes in the store just talking to the Korean guy, and the funny thing was, I never ran out of shit to say with him. <laughs> you know, it says so. You know, David, one of the players, was like, um, like, says, do you have any weenies? It says, we are well equipped with weenies. <laughs> says, you know, is it, you know, and Aaron, Aaron, of course, I, you know, he. He tried basically just tried to make small talk and is like, "So uh, you've been here, lo- you've been here long." I love America. <laughs> okay, all right. And it this, it fi- it finally culminated with uh, just as they finally got tired of it, or I just wanted to move things along. Yeah, I uh, they just they finally paid, and then David's character, who has the power of comprehend, so he can speak, read, and write all languages. Yeah, said in Korean to him, so he was like, "Well, have a nice day, honor, honored uh, store yeah. owner." He's yeah. like, "Just." I do not understand you. <laughs> right. And that actually that actually caused a laughing break, a laughing break for five minutes. So we, we had to take right. one of those breaks. Like, all right, like wipe some tears from my eyes. Like, okay, yeah. like all right, let's regroup here. Okay, that uh, sounds like you were on a roll. Yeah, I could see. It's, I mean, when I do sometimes when I do funny voices in in certain NPCs in game, they have more fun yeah. just having con- like. Making conversation with them. It reminds me uh, when I ran a Mutants and Masterminds game, uh, Captain Daedalus. Uh, you were in the player on that, and I just had him sort of be over enthusiastic. Yes, I'm Captain Daedalus. We're going to kill these bad guys. Woo! Uh, just you. You were one of the players on that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was uh, playing. Yeah. I was playing a werewolf kind of character. Yeah, and all the players loved Captain Daedalus. And they wanted to get him involved in all the action because I, I was just such or a I can called him for scientific advice. Yeah, exactly. The, the actual Daedalus from the uh, the the you know the campaign. Setting you into masterminds. Yeah, he just uh, had the enthusiasm of a drill sergeant beating a well, recruit fresh off. the He doesn't bus. really. Ross gave him that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I just like uh, Daedalus. Okay, he's a jackass. I, I didn't bother reading anything in the book whatsoever. And God bless you too. <laughs> uh, so that's your tip for the day: is uh, when in doubt, make an NPC talk funny, and the players will remember that. And- like I have an, like another. I have another NPC that I just. I basically model him after James Woods, <laughs> and they they love talking. To, well, actually, like the 
the way I designed him, they hate talking to him because he's he knows every, he knows everything more than they do. And yeah, oh, kind of a Mary Sue almost. Yeah, actually, you know, kind of like his. Remember his character from San Andreas? Yeah, the CIA agent. Yeah, kind of like that. Dude. Okay, it's like he just walks up to you like, I know six hundred million times more than you do. Yeah. So just do what I tell you. Right, but I mean, the players, of course, would be like, "Oh, he's a Mary Sue. Oh, it's the GM and pet NPC who's going." Yeah, be- the funny fact, yeah, they think that a lot of people say he's like. I've actually had a player like he's like what he's unstoppable. No one's ever really tried. Right, they're afraid to. Exactly, he's got them quaking in their boots. You hear that, Aaron? You're beaten. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, and Aaron can't say anything because he doesn't have a mic. Ah, oh, he wants to come over and say oh, something. Oh, Aaron's getting up. All right, Aaron. But are we out almost out of time, Ross? Well, there's sort of an arbitrary thing. Aaron, what's? Well, go ahead, and give us your last. All right. Author. Okay, who out there wants to hear Aaron say something else? Come on, Aaron. Aaron All just, right. Yeah, yeah. To my defense, with this character that Tom is referring to. I usually give him a, a verbal shitstorm every time he comes into the room with the car- with it in our games when he shows up. Every single time that I can. There okay. you go. All right. But yet still does whatever he's told. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's the moral of the story. Talk uh, like you, you own the room. Like, it's like funny them. voice and fear. Funny voice and fear. That's uh, It's been episode 13, the awesome action-packed alliterative adventure. And, or a... Uh, uh, Funny voices in fear. Funny voices in fear. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, one last thing. We're going to set up a forum on the website. So uh, if you're a, rat, a long-time user, uh, give us your thoughts on which of these two campaigns uh, ideas you'd like the most. The the Horde and uh, Rocky Nass in uh, uh, Tokyo. Japan in or Tokyo the or... Uh, sapient Atlantean dinosaurs tearing shit up. In, uh... tell, like, tell us how you'd do it. Tell yeah. it yeah, give us your thoughts so, on how you do uh, these two ideas. We want to hear from you. All right. Uh, we will okay. immortalize you forever if you do. Yes. On uh, RPPR. Yes. And this has been Ross Payton. Tom I'm Tom Church again. All right. Uh, Campbell did. Just like Bruce Campbell did. Just like Bruce Campbell did.
just like Bruce Campbell did. Like Bruce Campbell did. Say hail to the king, baby Just like Bruce Campbell did 